0: I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. word is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen? I said amen. The healing anointing is flowing again today in Jesus' name. Just open your heart, pay attention, and you will receive your portion of it in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. All right, we are going to start today. Of course, it's a continuation of our Powerful Wealth series, which we are hurrying to get to the end of it because the year will soon come to an end for us and to be nice uh, to get it concluded so that we will not have to spill over. So let's continue by reading from the book of, well, we have a number to read. Let's start from the book of Luke, chapter 16. Book of Luke, chapter 16. Now, what we want to read from there is a parable of, well, there are a number of them. We'll read another one from Luke, chapter 19. Now, please, because we've read it many times, and um, most of us will know this portion of the Bible quite well, of course. I'm going to read from verse one, but as I'm reading, I will do a lot of jumping so as to save time. All right. It's something that we all know. So he said, now he was saying also from verse one now, he was also saying to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and this manager was reported to him as squandering his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? What you will you do is to give an accounting of your management because you will no longer be a manager. And the man said, what do I, will I do? Since my master is taking this job away from me, I am not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. Now this is what I'm going to do. I will arrange so that people will help me later. In verse five, he summoned each one of his master's debtors and began to renegotiate the debt with them. So that the people will look at him favorably. So you can see I'm summarizing the things I'm reading. Now where I want to go to is verse 8. And his master praised the unrighteous manager. Notice the fact that he's unrighteous. Because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And I say to you, now this is what I want. I'm not going to talk about verse 8 much. All right? What I want is verse 9. And I say to you, no, sorry, what I want is verse 10. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteousness, so that when it fails, they will receive you into the eternal dwellings. Now, I need to quickly pass a comment on uh, on verse 9. And the understanding I'm going to give to you, I learned from Bollinger in his companion Bible. And what he said is that this verse has to be taken as a question rather than a statement that Jesus was saying, Now, the master praised the unrighteous one. Am I now saying to you that you should make friends for yourselves with wealth of unrighteousness, so that when it fails, they will receive you into eternal dwellings? You know as a matter of fact, natural friends cannot receive you into eternal dwellings. So Jesus was saying to them, let us look at eternal dwellings. Now, this is what you bear in mind when you are looking at eternal dwellings. Verse 10, this is what I am saying to you. Rather than saying to you that you should use wealth to prepare eternal dwellings by connecting with people. I'm saying to you, verse 10, he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, that is, belongs to another person, who will give you that which is your own? Let's just continue reading the last verse to complete that section. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Please bear it in mind. Now, I'm going to refer to it in a, in a moment. Let's just read the other one um, from uh, verse uh, chapter 19. Again, because we know this very well, and I, don't, I want to save some time, I will do a bit of jumping also. From verse 12, it said, A nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then returned, and he called 10 of his slaves. And gave them ten minas and said to them, do business with this until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying this and that. Then when he returned in verse 15, after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that the slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so that he might know what business they had done. The first appeared saying, master, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, well done, good slave. Because you have been faithful in a very little thing, you are to be in authority over ten cities. Now, let's read to go down to verse 20. Another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I kept put away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you, because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down, and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, By your words I will judge you. You worthless slave. Did you not know that I am an exacting man, taking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow? Why Then why did you not put my money in the bank? And having come, I would I would have collected it with interest. And he said to the bystanders, take the mina from him and give it to him who has the ten. And he said to him, Master, he has ten already. Now, this is a comment. I tell you that everyone who has more shall be given, but from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Let me start reading in verse 26. The Lord is good. Now, what are we talking about again today? We have read these two portions. And in fact, that first one really captures something for me, which, um, I will, it's just to amplify something I've said before. Now, please give me this time. I won't take as long as I usually do. I just need about five minutes to remind us of what we are doing. What we are doing is process reprogramming our mind. Let me use that expression. We are reprogramming our minds to think exactly the way the Lord wants us to think. That's what we are doing. I said last time, we must get our definitions right. We must think the way God thinks. The natural man, God said to him, Isaiah 55, your ways are not my ways at all. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. That is, if I'm talking about marriage, what you hear is different. I use a word, you hear something else. If I'm talking about prosperity, your thoughts are not my thoughts. If I say prosperity, I mean, you are hearing something different from what I am saying. And we believers, we have an assignment to aggressively pursue the knowledge of God's mind. Did you hear what I said? We must aggressively pursue the knowledge of God's mind. As an example, when we use the word reward, we give this, that one, that one of the previous meetings, the last two weeks or so, that the, for us, and that, that thing crept into the church. If I give an offering, what is my reward? The natural, the worldly method, the worldly thought process. What is my reward? I will receive abundance back. That is, I give 10,000 naira as offering, a painful offering, a seed. That is very painful. Then I come and give you a testimony that I got a million naira in one business I did over the next few weeks and everybody claps and we are happy. Let me say this to you clearly. That is not scriptural thinking. Let me say it again. That is not how God reasons. That is not the reward that God gives to people. If God gives you that as a reward, then a commandment came with it. And that commandment is distribute this million the way you distributed 10,000. That would be the commandment. If that commandment does not come with it, it's not a reward. What is the reward of a Christian? When I give that 10,000 naira and I didn't have money, maybe that was the money I intended to use to shop, supply for my family food for the next one week. Then they now came to me and said a child is critically ill. You understand? And the doctor says the total money that will be needed to buy the important drugs and do some things will be a hundred thousand. And I said to the parents, I don't have a hundred thousand, but I can help you with this 10,000 naira. You understand? And then I deny, listen to this. I deny my family of good food for a week. I deny us some good supplies. So we have to manage the next one week because my heart is with that child and with that mother and father whose child is sick. My reward, God will look, listen to what I want to say carefully, and say, you give 10,000 naira, your heart is with these people. Do you follow my point? So when you get on your knees and say, Lord, have mercy, I will heal that child. So what you will hear is that they will go to the hospital and they will say to the doctor, please, all we could get is 25,000 naira. And I will walk a miracle there. The doctor will look and say, okay, let me see what I can do. Then I will give him inspiration. Or, you understand? And he will discover that what he actually will need now will cost 18500 And then beyond his own ability, beyond the capacity inside the drugs, I will do a walk in that child in a week. When you see the child, you wouldn't believe it. The child will have recovered and gained weight. You know children can gain weight if they lose it. All right? It's called catch-up growth. They will eat rapidly and gain weight. So I will bring that child back to you in a week for you to see the result of the travail of your soul. And the Bible says it's a promise of God for his righteous servant. He will see the result of the travail of his soul and what? He will be satisfied. That is the reward of a Christian. I hope you're my point here. So stop looking for the reward for the seed you sowed. And that, you know, you give 10,000 naira, alright, and then God will give you back a million. Forget that nonsense. Tell your neighbor, forget that nonsense. Forget that nonsense. Tell your neighbor, I didn't say preach to yourself, talk to talk to somebody. Tell the person, forget that nonsense. No, you know, we have carried worldliness into the church. We interpret everything as if we are worldly people. So when we give money, we are waiting for what you bring for me. What God says is that if you give 10000 to towards the preaching of the gospel in your community, I will make the gospel move. You will come there one day and crime will have dropped. I hope you're getting my point. The church will have grown. The idols, The idol shrines will have shut down the priests of idols will go hungry. Do you follow my point? They will look for sacrifices they will not see. Because those who used to offer chicken, offer goats, they have now started going to church to offer clap and offer praise and dance and live righteously. They are now self- spending their money to support the preaching of the gospel. The local pastor will not add weight. Do you follow my point? He's not the one eating the Thanksgiving. <laughs> when he say it is Thanksgiving, you see goats outside. And they will know that this is not sacrifice for sin. This is just rejoicing together. Do you follow? God will make you come and see it. and say, Remember, you gave 10,000, and I said, Lord, I remember. So, this is the reward. This is the result of the travail of your soul. You went hungry for a few days for that. That is what I'm blessing you with as a result. When God wants to bless you, He helps you in such a manner that your, your eyes will behold the reward of the travail of your soul. That result, I wanted to say. To behold the result of the travel of your soul, that's what happens. So when a man like Abraham finishes um, obeying God all right, offering his son Isaac and all of that, you know what God gives to him a vision. He gives him a vision. what is a vision? One day he you know he will, see, he will open his eyes and he will see you no know, Pastor Banki somewhere, one Banky somewhere preaching, and people gathered, descendants of Ham, listening. They are no longer known as the descendants of Ham. But they are now descendants of Jesus Christ. I, I hope you get my point. All become one in him. He will have a vision. And he will, from his tent, he will see the massive cities that his desi- descendants will design and build. From his tent, he will look and he will see the worlds that will come afterwards. He will see what Jesus will do in paying for the, sacra- the, for the sins of the people. And people being reconciled to God. And Abraham will nod and say, it was nice living her. It was lovely sacrificing Isaac. It was beautiful waiting this length of time working with God. That is the reward of the travail of the soul of believers. Please, I have a word for preachers: Stop teaching people on righteousness by presenting worldly, personal, you know gain as a reason for godliness. Let me say that again. If you're a preacher, please, I'm begging you, I implore you in the name of the Lord. Stop preaching. Ungodliness to the people of God. Stop preaching on righteousness and worldliness, in which you are telling them, save God, you'll become rich. Save God, one day God will give you so much, you'll be chopping plenty. So they've been serving God, and they get, listen, they are going to, listen to me, they are going to get disappointed and they will hold you responsible. One day I will just deliberately embarrass you. I'll make one of them sue you. I'll bring Judas to your church, who doesn't believe anyway. After 10 years of offerings and tithes, and you gather your tips and present to a church that you told him that he would be rich. Now he's poor after. at the end of 10 years. God knows I know nothing will come out of it. It's just for me to let you know that I can disgrace people that don't preach the right doctrines. What am I saying again? We are getting our thoughts correctly. I just use that, I use that one as an illustration so that we will understand that if God says something, we must understand it. If he says to, you know, you know, there's something I, I give us um, to just to explain that point. When Jesus says something to his disciples, whatever you shall ask in my name, why did they, did, he said it to them directly. I hope you get my point. Why did he not ask that they will not die by the sword? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why did they not ask for money? These are the people he taught directly. And he said, the father himself loves you. Whatever you will ask in my name. The Father will do it for you. And the same people went and they were they were killed for the gospel. The same people went and they were beheaded. The same people went into the mission field and suffered for the sake of the gospel. What does that tell you? There are things that he gives to people. There are open checks he gives. Those checks are for disciples. They are not for covetous people. Many people have, in covetousness, learned the gospel. And they now want to use the power of God to meet their covetous needs. Let's get our thoughts right. What the Lord says, he says to disciples. It's very important we understand them. So, what we are doing in this series, like I've been saying again and again, is to put ourselves together so that our thoughts will align with the thoughts of God. Then his power will be able to flow. There's something I've been emphasizing, and even in my own personal life, God has been showing it to me. Alright? And that is that don't look at anything you are doing as a source of supplies. God is the source. How how is he the source? I don't know. What I mean is that how will he bring any way he likes? Without thoughts in your mind, you'll be able to do anything that God presses into your hands. I said the other time that when people say there are no jobs, I said no. There are jobs. So every child of God, there is a job. Every single one. The problem is that they don't want to do what he wants them to do. That's the problem. The problem is that they don't want to do what he wants. They have made up their mind what they want from life. And what God presents before them is not what. They don't see producing what they want from life. That's the point I'm making. Is it good to want things in life? Nothing wrong with it. What you really worship or you know serve, what where your heart is, is is shown by the kind of sacrifice you are willing to make in the pursuit of that thing. So what I'm to say, if I say now I want, let's say, let me ask for an expensive car which nobody reasonable di- drives in this country. Let's say, what's now this VW uh, Bugatti? Yeah. Let's say I want a Bugatti. Not everyone wants a Bugatti. You can want if you, if you fly, you can want a moon. But you know what God will say? Does man really want a Bugatti? <laughs> the angels will say, oh, sir, don't mind him. He just admires a Bugatti. Why? I am not willing to save towards it. I am not willing to miss one Bible study for it. If somebody says, miss Bible study for one month, you get a Bugatti. I will do the person Waka. You know what call Waka? Get away from here. So that is why God said, there's no problem. I want a Bugatti. We all know you really don't want it. I don't know whether you get what I'm going to say. So in life, you can't want anything. That's what I'm going to make. You can just get up in the morning and say, I want my house to have four floors. The top floor would just be for eating, eating alone. And I only want to eat by myself, just my wife and I. The other floor is where we observe the nature from. The other, and then the rest, the other floors is where people now live like a normal house. God, you know, God will never be angry. Because He doesn't take you seriously. He can provide, now get my, he can provide it too. But he's not angry with you in pursuit of vanity, that you are pursuing vanity, until you start taking serious steps which will deny you of doing other things in pursuit of that goal. For example, they give you a job. You are talented with children. You are talented. Like one brother said to me once, children respond to me. All right? So you get a job. You say, I'm looking for work. And I give you a job in a nursery school. You know, say nursery school teachers don't make money. Then one year later, they say, who are those looking for oh, you put up, put up your hand? Because they are not looking for what. Well, I gave you work exactly 12 months ago, in the place where your gift to be expressed. But because you have this dream of your four-floor house, you rejected an assignment I give to you. Then your desire has become wrong. Do you get my point? All the while, you are just wanting something. You are just wanting. So he doesn't have a problem with wanting anything. But when you start rejecting jobs and applying in places you don't belong because of that thing you want, they have become iniquity to you. Let me say it to you again. There is no child of God that doesn't have a job. The problem God has supplied it. The problem is that they don't want to do the assignment for the moment. Remember the story of one young man. If I saw the young man when I went to Bini last time, I said, oh boy, I, I used that our discussion to preach. And he laughed. You know, the guy was looking alright. So I said to him, "Why I'm referring to his story is that one said God had not done anything for him yet for all the sacrifice he had made for God." So I looked at him. I couldn't understand what is the problem. You are twenty something. You're early twenties. It's not even more than twenty four. I think it was twenty four or so. God has not done something for you. Are you dead? No. Do you you eat? Yes. You eat regularly? Yes. You told me that the person you are working with, you are working, you are working for. You're working for him. With one agreement that he provide accommodation for you. So you have accommodation for the next one year. He said, yes sir. I said, please I'm waiting. What is it that God is supposed to do that he hasn't done? I don't know whether you're getting my point. I was waiting for it. What is it that the Lord is supposed to do. That he has not done for you. Yet. That day he looked at me. With shock. Because somebody had preached to him. When you do something dangerous for God. God will do something Risky for you. (laughs) And he had done. And the boy did dangerous things for the Lord. Dangerous things in righteousness. You know what they call self-denial? He walked in it. And he was there. "Ah, God, settle now. You know, go settle. But I said, settle Guinea, Because I have settled you. Even before you did anything for me, I settled you. Which was number one? You have breathing. You ain't dead yet. Your mates are dead. You're not living on the street. It's not a three-bedroom, fully furnished flat with AC in your bedroom. It's not. It's a single room. Not self-con, you know, like room and parlour. It's a single room with shared bathroom facilities. But it's your own, and you sleep there. You sleep well because I have angels finding you. No AC. I refuse to give you AC. Deliberate. I don't want to spoil you yet. And you say I've not settled you. Of course I've settled you. I'm saying to us again. Listen, God has provided for every one of His children. Just for them to accept what He has provided. That's just what the problem is. And I want you to do that again to remind us that the reason why we make that mistake. Alright? I'll remind us of what I want to say in a moment. The reason why we make that mistake is because we keep on looking at those things as a source. But I want to remind us that we must not do that. Ask God for anything. This is, I get really, really... Although I I try not to focus on material things. But I I get very free asking God for anything. But if you know some ideas I've had, I won't tell you because if if you do think such things, I do. You ought to use. I actually do think some of the things you two have been foolishly thinking. It <laughs> just that like me. I don't take it serious. I don't. I don't change my life because of it. I don't make serious decisions. I just ask the Lord. Say, it will be nice. Just because like we are streaming, I can't tell you some things. I have to stream live. I have. <laughs> I know they're off the mic. <laughs> the Lord is good. All right. So you can ask God for. That's one remedy. I can ask God for anything. I know the truth. What I found out, if I don't change my mind about those things, eventually you bring them to pass. No matter how expensive they look. No matter how expensive. It's a matter of time. If for one reason I make up my mind, the car I want to drive is a, a Rolls Royce ghost. I say, why is it ghost? Because it says Holy Ghost in the King James Bible, so. <laughs> you know, to, to the Lord, you know, the cost of a, Kia Picanto, and his rose Royce ghost to him is the same. I hope you know, both of them is. <laughs> that's what they cost. B. That's all. To make both of them the same thing. <laughs> that's it. And they will appear. To him, they are the same thing, so he can't see the difference. If I can persuade myself that that's what I really want to move around with. He doesn't. He doesn't listen. I'll let me not sit on that message. Doesn't disturb him at all. You know, he will walk it in such a manner that it will be a natural thing to drive. He will bring a service center near me because I said that. Really, I'm not kidding about it. One of the ways he doesn't, that is why he wouldn't do some of those things for, for his children when they ask, is because along the line, that is why if he doesn't want to do it, along the line, first thing he will do is to persuade you otherwise. They just talk to you and say, Vanky, don't worry about it. It will just draw unnecessary attention to you. They say, look, you know you are surrounded by unbelieving people. Their eyes will stop They will stop listening to the gospel. They start listening to the engine.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> then there are times you will say, why well, give them offense? Uh, yeah. Say, Vanky, let's leave them. And then because to you is nothing also. You are like your father in heaven. To you is also what? Nothing. So you just let it go. Let your... Covetous brethren be offended. I just use that, uh, that extreme to let us know that if anything you want in life, ask the Lord for it. He will take you there eventually. He will. He will take you there eventually. He will. I'm telling you as a matter of fact, He will. Why are we saying it? So that you can focus on His work. So you can focus on the business He gave you to do. That's what we're talking about. Remember, business is what? Making things happen. Business is affecting lives. Business is using the gift of God, the ability of God in you to touch the environment. That's what business is. My emphasis for some time has just been, don't focus on it as if it must make me a lot of money. Otherwise, it's not a good business. Does not mean you won't need money? You will. Ask the Lord for it. And remember, he provides in strange and diverse ways. I made a statement last time, feel like repeating it again. Many people you know, what God is using to provide money for them is not what you know them for. You say, ah, this man, this woman they has this beautiful primary, prom- sorry, a nursery school. They train children, and then you see the person driving one very nice ride. You say, there's money in nursery school. Go and start your own. They will soon arrest you, your wife, your cousin for, yes, EFCC, that is, for, that is, what's what of these people now? NDIC. Or for money you are owing, you'll be wondering. One of our brothers that time in Enugu, he opened the studio, <laughs> he used to laugh. He said, then if you open the studio, then bought a very nice car. He said, people say there's money in the studio. They have gone to open. All of them closed one after the other. What they did not know, I mean, it was our brother, a friend, is that the the I, I knew where he was getting money from. It was not the studio. The studio was just a, a, a desire he had, something he wanted to do. In fact, he made the money and invested in the studio. He made that money again and bought a car. But because he did the studio first, <laughs> people stood outside and I said, ah-ah, uh-uh, studio gave money. I said, one day I parked my car. One man said, Ha! This small place, you've gathered enough money to buy this car. Because as far as it's concerned, pastors open ministries. You know, it's racketeering, thank you. It's their own shop. That is why they must praise the tithe. The, when the tithe is not enough, we add value at their tithe. Listen, God will supply all your needs. Amen. That is so strong in my mind again today. The Lord will supply all your needs. Amen. Anything that you want in life, it can bring. Sometimes I look at some financial levels some people working. Eh? I can look at them and say, how do people... They, 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 on a weekly basis, Use the amount of money... Not, no, no, they're not wasting money. Just they have to travel, they have to do things, they have to do that. I talk to people sometimes, at any time they sleep over in Abuja, $200,000 is gone. They just slept. I just sleep. I know you are thinking that 200,000 a radio station, you are thinking how many <laughs> broadcasts? You know, I've, I've talked to people, a lot of people like that. You know, but For me, it doesn't move me again. I just understand that it's, how do I say, it's a flow that God has placed them in for a particular purpose. It's not a big deal. It's just not my flow. Hey, look, if it was my flow, I would live like that. You, you get my point? It, and God can lead anybody to any flow. Don't, listen, don't admire any, how do I say it now? Admire results, when I say results, now the effects the life is having. Do you follow my point? Like now, if you see a man, okay, maybe you buy Ravi Zakaria's books, you read, you watch his videos, admire that, enjoy it. But if you hear that the man flies business class, and this man spends two-thirds of his life flying about. Now, do you know what that means if you have to fly business class? That means literally spends sometimes, no, literally tens of thousands of dollars in flight tickets. He used to; it's late now in a month. Don't even think he's enjoying because he's wishing he could stay at home. Do you follow my point? If you want to admire, admire the result of his life, what I mean is that he impacted multitudes, he impacted you know thousands. You know about him because you heard his messages, anointed messages. Just enjoy that. As for the financial flow that God used to keep it going, don't worry about it. If you need to be in that flow, we it will lift you to that flow. I hope I are getting my point. There are people you don't think, you know, look, maybe you don't think they, are, they know as much faith as you do. They are not quoting scripture the way you are quoting. When they give you testimony in business, talk. that's how we're able to raise $1 billion. Then you collapse. <laughs> because you had $1 billion. But that's their flow. When I say fluna it's a realm of life that God has kept them to operate in. If it's not your realm, you don't enter it by desire. Do you get my point? Listen, people spent much more money than I am spending right now to have a quarter of the result that I am getting as a minister. Because 25 years ago, to rich people... What was I like that one? It's tapes, you know tips. We'll carry tapes to one or two places in any good to go and duplicate tapes. If you wanted to bless people, you need to make do you want some tips? We made tips. I remember um this is our series, Israel. Um, um, what's the name of that one? This the one that was 13. Spiritual economics. Spiritual economics. If I went for programs. I insisted you bought the 13 tips. I've been to Benin before. Brethren, gathered. I saw young guys putting money together so they can buy 13 tips. Now, all they do is put on their Wi-Fi direct. That's it they want to share from phone to phone. Now, they don't even bother. Just on the website. Click, click, click. Then to preach to many people, we have to move up and down. Now, I don't know how many people are watching us live now. They're watching on Twitter. They are watching on Facebook. They are watching on YouTube, and then the videos will remain there for a long time until we take them down and replace them. The audio will be on the website in a few days, and then every month people will be downloading. I said one day I did a count, and this is not now, but maybe two years ago, three years ago, and three thousand copies of our books were downloaded every month. You can count them. You can check it. Three thousand copies on a monthly basis was being downloaded. And you know how much it's costing me, personally? Zero. That's what I mean when I say admire result. You know you, you what know by result now. I'm not talking about result with the chop. What I mean is the effect of the ministry. Because God can bring the same thing through another method. If I had to pray and I had to ask God for money for the kind of impact we're having these days. If I had to ask him for money for, and that's 20 years ago. Huh, the kind of money I will have asked for. Because God don't worry, I'm going to bring technology. I, I won't have to bring money, I'll bring technology. Imagine us raising money that God is sending us to reach 1 million people, 2 million people, and we are going to price cassettes, 2 million cassettes. Who will give 1,000 cassettes? Who will give 2,000 cassettes? No dangers of looking like this guy is very foolish. The cost of 1,000 cassettes of those days, right now, will reach a million people. Just pay for a server somewhere and tell the people, go online. Those days, the cost of buying 13 cassettes. You no, know, we have this SD card that contains 700, almost 800 messages. I look back now, the cost of 13 cassettes then. Hmm? It was higher than the cost of the SD card now. <laughs> Did you ever say? Thirteen cassettes, one hour each, thirteen hours of messages. Now I'm talking about seven eight hundred messages, many of them two hours long. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes, Yet if you had to buy that is no not not even Value the money time-wise, because like, I'm talking about just direct valuation. Because if you want to adjust for inflation, that, those 13 cassettes were costing four times what it would cost now to get that small SD card, 32 gig SD card, that somebody will slide into his phone or into a card reader, put in the cassette into his computer, and copy on that computer. And we tell people, please, feel free to share it. In fact, if you don't have money, you can buy it. Then Whoever wants to come from you, pay you pay you a quarter of the money. By the time you do it to three people, you have made a profit. Praise God.
1: <laughs>
0: and the SD card is still your own. That's what I mean when I say, admire the result. God doesn't want us to focus on money. Because he has different ways of providing our needs. The Lord is good. So we are retraining our minds. We are getting our minds to think the way God thinks. Why do we do business? Number one, to be a blessing. The gift of God decides us we want to share it. We want to share it around. Number two, to teach what? Righteousness. When we say righteousness, the right way of living. Number three, the the right way of doing things. The right way of living and the right way of doing things. Number three. To get a good name. Because God has to be glorified in our lives. So when we do things, we get, we, we, we amplify his good name for people. So our businesses get good names. Then that good name reflects the character of our God. I said it in our country these days. God, his name has been blasphemed. And I gave a prophetic word last time. I will repeat it again. Any place in which you cause the name of God to be blasphemed, Nathan said, that child will die. What is the child? The ministry. What is the child? The business. What is the child? The career. You're a university lecturer. You're awarding marks to people that know nothing. You will lose your job. You will lose your job. You will lose your job. They will say, I'm a wicked teacher. Did you remove their brains? If you know the book, you will pass. They said that lecturer, don't worry, just go and greet him Christmas time. You will not fail his course. You collect rice to pass people. In the name of Jesus, we are fired. One woman used to walk in my office years ago. She told me she was going to one university. She was ill. She needed to have surgery. So her husband, she was married. Her husband went to the university to go and meet the lecturer to explain why she wouldn't be able to take part in that. Oh no, she was supposed to submit an assignment. And this assignment will probably cost me like be like forty percent of the of the assessment, you know. So, so just went to go and meet the man to say that please, my wife is ill; she will not be able to do that project. Whether you whether he will give her extension so that when she recovers, she'll come and do the work. The man said, "There's no problem. She she should just buy the handout for double the price." Did you hear what I said? The evil soul was selling the handouts, not even for a serious money. You no, know, sometimes, you know, when you want to do evil, at least let's know that there's serious, there's a good, you know, we can see the money you are making. But there are times you just do evil. It just, it just shows us you have no sense of morality. You are amoral. That time you said that the handout is 1,000. She should pay 2,000 and get the pass mark. She came and told me when she recovered that, this is what happened though. And that one, at the end of the day, we'll collect a degree. If you're a lecturer like that, let me just tell you, you know, when God wants to punish people, he makes them listen to Pastor Banking. So now that you have tuned and you have heard me today, you've lost your job. Allah will sack you. He will demote you. BBC will record you. When you are, when you are touching one girl anyhow, <laughs> your life is over. You know BBC have they've been doing that. They're using small, small recorders to embarrass, <laughs> embarrass pastors who are lecturers. You've seen them? this is very wicked. dude. now put a picture of you preaching and one of you touching. <laughs> See, it's good to do righteousness. Because when God exposes wickedness, you'll be telling God, Father God, thank you to us, not me. Thank you to us, not me. <laughs> <laughs> That child will die. That's what I'm saying. That child that you are using to embarrass God. That man is a lecturer. And said, so they said, that man is a Christian. He's a Christian. That one is a Christian. That place where you so saw the name of God. That being a Christian is now mockery. That child, the Bible says, will die. You will lose your job in that place. You will be disgraced out of that office. The place where you go and be mocking God's name, anyhow. I now say things like, I am saved by grace, not by my works. God say, there is no problem. You will also be fired by grace, not by your works. When they sack you, you, you will be defending yourself. Because the thing I will use to have you fired, you will be no sense of it. You no know one God wants to frustrate you. They will fire you for stealing a, month, a, a certain amount of money that you did not even know anything about. You'll be trying to defend your name. They didn't steal that money. Everybody say, mm, him? if now money, I take taken. He say, if it's money, he's the one. There's no need. They will set up a partner. They say, who? Mr. Which name now? Mr. Mr. Son, Mr. Sun Moon. say, <laughs> <laughs> so he's the one. How much is it? He is said, it $35,000. He's the one. Did you see him? We know him. Hey. You know, you'll be spending all the time defending yourself. You won't know you have been you are being judged for the ones you did, they did not catch you. That's how God's judgment is out. When they are, when they are rolling your butts to jail, you'll be like, I'm innocent. God, me too, I know of this charge, of this particular charge. You are innocent, but of other charges they know nothing about, I'm the one punishing you. That's what I'm telling to people. Saying to people, you open a shop, you are selling foreign local. <laughs> Nigerian rice in Thailand bag. <laughs> Did they come told me that in the shop? It's one shop on the, on the Presidential Road there believe it. I will just play with him and we came to buy drinks. I just said, this this rice. I, saw it. I said, is that really foreign rice? He said, oh God, this one are local foreign. That one are foreign foreign. <laughs> <laughs> I burst into laughter. you <laughs> <laughs> ah, are very serious. But Christians, listen. That shop, God will close it. It's the word of God. said that child will die. Why do we do business? We're talking about it, Christians. Let's just get our thoughts right. And I'm happy we're getting it correct. We're realizing that we're not doing things because we're we looking for money. Number one reason we're doing stuff, to be a blessing. Another reason, to teach righteousness. To get a good name. What's a good name? Everything I do is, a, is just the way I said it. If I tell you this bag of rice is 40 kg, it is 40 kg. If I tell you it's 50, it is 50. If I dispense fuel and I tell you it's 30 liters, it is 30 liters. I will do everything within my powers to make sure it is 30. That's what we mean. If I make an agreement, I keep it. I won't say that I went to the market price, I've changed your guy, I can't do it again. Next time, I will make my, I'll do my price survey before I give you my quote. That's what it means to have a good name. To be reliable, to be dependable, for your yes to be yes, and your no to be no. These things will cost you money. Let's not forget it. It will cost you money. It will cost you. Look, righteousness can be expensive. To do what is right, sometimes you will have to shut down the business because you can't continue. And I've told you again and again, don't be afraid to do so. It is called laying down Isaac on the altar. And don't be afraid. And remember Isaac, please go and read my book, um, Great Faith Can Be Yours. At the end of it, there's a, the chapter, that chapter is titled, Sometimes Isaac Dies. Because the Lord told Abraham not to kill Isaac Many of us think that Isaac doesn't die. But Isaac dies. In real life, everyday life, Isaac dies. But just like the first Isaac, the spirit of Isaac can never be killed. You can't kill it. If you take the flesh, the Bible says that God gives to each one, if you take that flesh, God gives to each seed his own body. He will give it another body. When the blessedness in Job was touched. And that's one thing. Anytime something dies. Alright. When it grows up again. When it resurrects. When a new body is given to it. It's not the same. When God gave a new body to the prosperity of Job. Everything was doubled. Do you follow my point? So don't be, don't be afraid. Let Isaac die. Because your primary assignment is to preserve what? The seed. And that's the seed we are describing. Being a blessing, teaching righteousness, establishing a good name, protect it. Know that that is what God is after. And what I want to show us today, all right, still in that same line, is the fact that one reason we do business is not really a city, different reason, okay? It's just an extension of everything we have been talking about. Which is why we read this. is our opportunity to prove faithful. Everything we will be talking about is other people. What I'm going to say is that. You want to be a blessing. You want to teach righteousness. Do you understand? You want to get a good name primarily for the Lord. But there's one thing that's actually for you. That's what I'm talking about. It's your own opportunity to practice righteousness. To prove faithful. You can stay in your house. You never know whether you are hot-tempered. Do you follow my point? It's when you interact with people. It's when life, because when you are doing business, like we say, which is making things happen, that is when you get into disappointment. That is when you know how human beings can be. That is when God, you know, grinds you. When I say grinds down, files off the rough edges. That is when he does it. You have to be out doing something. Can I just add this on to it? Except for certain reasons, God expressly keeps you, you know, like I said, keeps you in the quiver. All right? And says, for certain reasons, he hardly does that. He doesn't do it often. When he does it for people, you had it for a very temporary period. Period. Except for that, please make sure you are busy doing something. You must be busy doing something. It doesn't have to be any you money because that's probably a lot of people. They say, I'm not making any money from it. Go and volunteer. One of our brothers that time, he served in Enugu. He has left now. No, he didn't serve in Enugu, I'm sorry. He served near Enugu, served in another state, not a five way. Then when he was done with service, he said, let him go, let him go and beef himself up spiritually. Decided to come to Enugu just to come and hear me teach. So he came to Enugu as a, of, of course, he had finished the NYC. So being a Christian copper, he knew the runs. So he went to the family house to go and ask them whether he could squat with them for a short while while he settles down. He, he has finished NYC, so nobody's paying him anything anymore. So he looked around town. Where can I earn money from while I'm studying the word of God? So he went to a particular school and said to them, I can teach. Allow me to teach. They said, we have enough staff. We don't need staff. He said, okay, in that case, let me teach. You don't have to pay me. At the end of the month, I don't know whether I added this onto it. Anything you give me, I will take, but it's going to be a free job, so you can fire me if I'm, you know, <laughs> after a few. I don't know how long he taught. They put him on their payroll. Say, said, this guy, you really are good. They started paying him. He just, and just, he just got up, got up the morning. just went to, to one school nearby. I said, please, do. let me help you guys. Because I've come to town. I'm going to stay here. He stayed for, I've forgotten how long. stayed for at least a year. I didn't know that time. He was a very funny human being. He was following me about like his spirit. And I was looking at him with suspicion. You know that kind of thing. You know, you come for Bible study, like, you see the guy here. He's always sitting in front. Then I go somewhere in go to preach. He's sitting in front. Ah. I go somewhere, in, 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 maybe in Ungo uh, to preach. He's sitting in front. I, once I'm around in Ongo, he's always there. I said, this guy, are you following me about? It was later I realized that, yes, he was following me about. If he sees any poster, any announcement, anything in town where I'm preaching, he will attend that program. And anyone we organize here, he's there all the time. Why? That's why he came to town. That was why he came to town. He did that for going to follow me for like a year or so or more. Then one day he told me that it's time for him to leave. Now, I'm telling his story because of how he handled it. He just went somewhere and said, please, give me a job. They said, we don't have space. He said, let me work for free. And he worked for free for about a month or two. And they looked at him and said, this guy, let us be paying you regularly. That's just an aside, all right? Please, do something. Let's not be idle because we need opportunities for faithfulness. Sitting at home doesn't help to prove faithful. It's when you get up, no matter how little it is, and please, don't feel too big for any job. Do you know why? I have seen you in America. There, you do anything. Where did you see me? I saw your brother. I saw your identical twin. I don't care. But I saw people like you. They do everything when they get out there. Their dignity, this the pride disappears. Must, you, must your geography change before you throw away this pride? That's the point we are making. Must your geography change before you throw away your pride? It doesn't have to. We must allow, we must look for opportunities to prove faithful. Now, if you remember, we read two, two portions here. First one, that from that, Luke chapter 16. He said, he that is faithful in little is faithful in much. He said, if you have not been faithful in that which belongs to another person, who will give you your own? Remember, we said, prosperity, abundance, increase, whatever it is, is a gift of God. So God says, you have to give me something. You have to plant what? A seed. What is that seed? Faithfulness in another person's own. You know, sometimes we, we you know, we, 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 we plant seed God did not ask for. Let me tell you something. You can never give God that which He didn't ask for. He doesn't take it. God, you know, forget it. You <laughs> don't surprise him. Say, like, God, I want to do something. I'm just doing that. When I get this money, I'm giving you everything. Because if I don't want everything, better eat it because I won't accept it. Some people will say, I am planting this seed for my promotion. Where did God say that is the seed for your promotion? Have you ever seen it before? Church, we church, we put baskets here and there and say, this is your, all. in fact, one brother said, you can get things out of this box. <laughs> yeah, what he meant is that anything you want, you put a seed inside that box. And people will come and say, for one sister said, I got three suitors out of the box. <laughs> three. You should have known you are confused. You he he think the testimony. Three. What are you doing with three? Okay, marry the three of them now. Let your testimony be complete. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> no, you see, when it comes to seed sowing, eh? There are seeds though. But God is the one that determines the seed, not you. You can't just carry money and say, I'm sowing this seed for my promotion. It is a like it doesn't work. It's some of these sorceries we've taught Christianity until we have normalized what is wrong. We've normalized things that have no meaning, spiritually speaking. Somebody wants to travel, plants a seed for a safe journey. You know, <laughs> the way Christians behave, eh? Just look at them and say, now wow. Like one man of God will say, how stupid can somebody be and still survive? <laughs> that this is the height of stupidity. You know, we just get top, you know, let me tell you something. And I said, God doesn't take seed. He didn't, a seed, offering he didn't ask for. I mean it all. You don't determine the seed for God. You package an envelope. So what is, that? I said, this seed is for my marriage. God will look at you and say, uh, when did I say an envelope full of money is a seat for marriage? When did I say so? There are seeds he has commanded. Look out for those seeds. He said, he that is faithful, what, In little, will be faithful in much. If you are not faithful in that which belongs to another person, who will give you your own? So what is a seed for having your own? Faithfulness in that which belongs to somebody else. Not putting offering in an offering basket. It is faithfulness with that which belongs to somebody else. That's what he said. Not me. We read the second one. Luke chapter 19. He gave out minas. He said, do business with this until I come. Now listen to this. Remember we said it. What your life will produce, your destiny is a gift that God gives, not the effort that you put in. It's a gift that He gives. And we saw the type inside there in which He said, if I give you a little thing and you handle it properly, I put you in charge of what? Cities. That's the, that's the, that's the principle. So who will be in charge of cities is decided by how well the fellow handled little. The same thing, Luke 19, Luke 16. You can look at two of them together, which is what I do right now. So, I give you a mina, And what are minas for us? They are opportunities to be responsible. The gift of God that he has placed in us. You are a preacher. You can sing. You can write. You can decorate. You can, let's use the words of Paul from Romans chapter 12. You see different gifts inside there. Those are the meanings we are talking about. He that prophesies. Let, let's just look at it. Just look at a few examples. Romans chapter 12. And I like that my portion, my own um, version, New American Standard Bible, which I use a lot. He said, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each one a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Now, since we have gifts, that's the meaning we are talking about, that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Now, that's why I said that like, in my translation here, New American Standard, he supplied that to bring out the sense in the Greek. He said, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service, so, he said, this is the mean I've given you, this is the gift I've given you. Some have given prophecy, according to the proportion of your faith, prophesy. If service, if what I've given you to do is... um." Let me read it here. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, exercise your gift according to the proportion of your faith. He who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives, let him do it with liberality. Essentially, what was he saying? Let each person exercise his gift. You are being counted faithful. Why do we do business where said you know, being a blessing? Now I'm saying it now. This is what you gain from it. You have to be of exercise in that which God has given you. Now I used to do funny things in <laughs> this preaching work. <walk. laughs> I remember one day we were in church. And something was supposed to happen. We to have a meeting or something. But there was a delay. They said, okay, maybe we should wait for like 30 minutes. And they were pastors and leaders. And I said, guys, gather. Let me teach you for 30 minutes. And my reason I said, why waste the time? <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. I said, I said, I hang around for 30 minutes. Everybody sit down. If you don't mind, I have a revelation I just got like two days ago. Let me give you guys. I, I'm serious. A few sat down and they were blessed. I wasn't joking. Some were busy here and there. A few sat like I can see one brother that sat like this and was nodding. I just said, ah, 30 minutes to burn. Let's burn it properly now. Let's burn it well. For me, it was opportunity. Let me get up and teach. Do you follow my point? Listen, because remember, he gave each person a mina. He said, do business with it. Now, of course, I'll give him preachers an example, but there are all kinds of things. And like I said, what is a business? The method or the structure which we are putting in place to make things happen. That's what business is. And what do you gain from it? Listen. Go and check all the people that Jesus called. The ones that gave us an account of how they were called, they were not idle people. I've seen people say they are called to ministry. Say, what are they doing? Now, nothing. They are waiting to enter into ministry. Listen, there is nobody that will enter into effective ministry that you will sit down and be doing nothing. I hope you are getting my point. No, 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 no. You must be doing something. Because God, in his righteousness, he needs to look at the faithfulness you have executed in that thing you are doing now to place you where he really wants to. I feel sorry for a lot of young people that sit around and say there are no jobs. I say, you don't understand. You are wasting your destiny. Why blaming APC? When they now get a phone and somebody mistake, please, if you see a man who does nothing, he's not a student, he's not working, if he asks ask you for money for data, don't give him. Because they go and sit on Twitter. And be talking nonsense. You've not seen them. They sit on Twitter, and their only job they have is to complain about how everything is wrong. No, those who really have things to do. They are so busy, they don't have time to be grumbling. A man comes and says, uh, "Bro, give me my email. I buy data." Ask him, what does he want to do with it? What do you want to do with the data? Say maybe I, you know, I sent out an application. Say you need cyber cafe. Check your email. Every two days, you will get the replies to your application. What are you doing with that? You won't go and sit on Twitter and be just wasting time. What people don't know, please, young people listen to this. As years are passing, so are you losing the opportunity to prove faithful while waiting for a big job to happen. Take the small, you i have been warning people. <laughs> Take the small one and go and sweat There, like if I don't sweat here, yeah, I will die. Go there and work like, listen to me, like I own the business. Because really, one day you will own a business. There's one thing Duroto, he said those days. He said, whatever you do regularly, you become good at it. He said, whatever you do regularly, you become good at. It. Get a job and do it as if you own the business. Stop, you know, I think we have established that. Stop looking at the money. We have established that, haven't we? Wake up early, get there on time. You are not doing you know, a lot of people do things as for eye service. And I finished with this the boss will like me. I've had testimonies. was one I saw one day on Twitter that the guy was a security guard on Friday and a banking officer on Monday. Thank God for those testimonies, but don't be confused. Many times you'll be a security officer on Friday, you'll see you be a security officer on Monday. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. So don't be confused. One of our brothers, he, was, he worked in a company like that. So there are not testimonies that I've not heard before. He was a driver one day and he, an assistant manager something the following week. He, you know, in fact, I think of people like that because why did he take the driving job? He said he checked how much money these guys were paying drivers. Ah, he said, look how much they are paying drivers here. And I can drive and I'm saying that there's no work. The guy applied to do a job even though he had the tertiary institution degree. And they gave it to him. So while he was driving, he heard them talking at the back that there's an opening. He said, "Ah, can I apply? They said, go ahead. He applied. They interviewed him. He qualified. So I know it happens. But please, don't let that be. You know, I told you, if the reward is always in your mind, when you want to do righteousness, you have lost the reward before it started. He was just driving effectively because he felt, I can do it. And the door open the process. Now, what I'm emphasizing that is I don't think that God has to follow that pattern. Don't think he has to follow that pattern. Now, having explained that, so, back to what I was saying. So, get there. Do the work well. You know why? You are exercising for your destiny. You are exercising for your destiny. And listen, those are amongst the... Stories you will tell later. I know, always tell you guys that there's nothing anybody is doing in the kingdom what I have not done before. Nothing. Decoration? I Ask my wife. We have done decoration. We have cleared. Arrange I, I here. What are you saying? I was the first radio message editor. I will preach the message, edit the message, burn it on CD, and drive it to the station and give it to them to air. Now let me start again. Now me go preach, Shamu. I do say, now me go preach out. After preaching it, I will edit it. After I did it, I, I will burn it on the CD. Then drive. I remember one day, me and Kingsley, two of us sat in my house, preached the message. Then he was driving while we were burning the CD. <laughs> yes, because we we're late. I don't know where we went that day. were okay. FM. As he sat in my sitting room, I preached to only him. As I finished preaching to him, we sat down, edited the message, put it together, Jesus started by seven thirty. By night it was past seven. When we saved the file, I said, "Slyo, we can't sit here and burn the CD. You drive. So he entered the car, drove the car, and I sat down there with the empty CDs loading into the laptop, burning the C D. As soon as we finished testing it, we got to read to to um, the radio station. And that was the first time I just, I just asked for the guy. Hey, where's what I'm He says, hey, I, do you know what I did? Please, I need to enter the, whatever it is they broadcast from. I just entered the place directly. Pastor, I said, don't be angry. I gave it to him like this, 730 dot. As he was receiving it, he didn't, you know, they had gotten used to me, so they don't check it anymore. He put the CD straight in there, thing went on air. <laughs> I, look, they all the videos we used to watch on TV. Now, I mean, I did they all of them by myself before. Oh, if you'll be amazed at what I can do. That, ask Israel now. Should be he's there. <laughs> one day Israel came to me and said, in his mind, this man, you do not die for nothing. <laughs> he said, this thing, I can't do it. I said, if I initially I didn't agree with I said, how will I tell you what to cut and what not to cut? He said, give it to me. I did not agree. Then one day, I hook. No, hook. I had to edit eight videos and send to South Africa to broadcast on our TV station that time. When I realized there was no way, I said, "Israel, I think I have to just try you." <laughs> I said, "Let's share it four, four. Take four. I will take four. He did the four. I did the other four, and all of them were good. I said, "You don't buy job." So <laughs> from that time. That was when I handed off editing video. That particular Christmas. There's one advantage of working in somebody else's zone. You know the advantage? You don't have to make all the mistakes by yourself. Now this doesn't sound good, but the mistakes will not cost you as much as they should. Somebody else is watching you. You understand? And it's less expensive for the individual your mistakes. That is one advantage of being faithful in somebody else's zone. What's the point I'm making today? Listen to this. We need the opportunities to sow the right seeds for our destiny. That's what's the point I'm making. We need the opportunities to sow the right seeds for our destiny. And what we do is that when we go out to do business like we are saying, that's what we are doing. So, remember, anything you are doing wrong, you are doing it against your destiny. Do you forget my point? Anything you are doing right, you are doing it for your destiny. Treat it like that. And there's nothing God is not watching. Your boss says sign here when you get in there. God knows when, he doesn't need you to sign, he's watching it. He sees every detail and you need to treat life, you know, do it like, you know what Paul said? If you are serving your master, do it as if you are serving the Lord. You know what he said? He said, because from him comes your reward, the reward of your inheritance. That's what he said. It doesn't come from your boss. Listen, let me just drop this for you. If you serve the man faithfully, he's supposed to set you after 10 years. They say, at the end, no, some bosses are very wicked. Nine years and six months, he will find aught against you, like the Bible says. And he sacks you. If you're a Christian, he shouldn't pin you. Find it funny. Laugh over it. Do you know why? He cannot take a jot away from your destiny. He can't. In fact, you have a testimony. He will never be able to say, I made Abraham rich. I'm telling you, it's a testimony. And if indeed you have served faithfully for those nine and a half years, and the man gets rid of you so they won't have to spend money in the 10th year, don't feel bad. Do you know why? The real seed you have extracted from there, he can't take it. I had a story of one man, don't know the details, but Somebody used it to illustrate this, so and I took that story, alright? He said a man died, and his sons were fighting, or his children, I don't know whether they were only sons. They were fighting over his inheritance. You know, courts and all of that. There, but there was this manager who had been with the man for a very long time. He said, the man called one of his sons, and said, You guys are just wasting time. That the real inheritance is with me. I don't know, what that, did you catch that? He had worked for their father for a very long time. The man now died. The boys are struggling over who will take over the company. And the man was just looking at them. He said, you guys are so foolish that the real inheritance is mine. I'm the one that served him. I'm the one that knows how this business is done. That is, you guys can fight over this company and kill it. All right? But the seed inside me, once I leave here, it starts germinating again. I will replicate this company elsewhere. I don't know whether you, you caught that. He said, the man told the boys, you guys are fighting over empty shell. The real seed, which is what, what, what we have been talking about. He said, I have collected it. If you ever read this book, The, the Richest Man in Babylon, that book was very popular at the, point, at the time for how to make money, how to make money, how to make money. The painful part for me, is that most people did not get the real lesson inside. You know the lesson they learned? How to save and invest and save and invest. And one thing about saving and investing is that there are two critical spirits that fight that thing on the earth. Moth and thieves. <laughs> thieves do break in and steal. They collect your savings. They collect your investment. Moth does destroy. That's called inflation. What I'm trying to say is that you can learn that principle, those principles, it doesn't mean you will succeed in life. There was a time the book was everywhere, you know. This was when I was in Lagos. that time. So I got a copy years later. I don't know what that is immediately. And I decided to just read it. That's where I am. I read through it. I like the stories inside there. But there's a prayer I pray all the time that God help me to see from above and not from beneath. So when I read stories like that, I pick what other people are not seeing. And one thing I saw inside there, which interested me, Well, that the man Akkad, I can't remember the exact name now, that told the story. If you look closely, first, he was called to come and teach people by the king of Babylon how to make money, right? Because he was very successful. But then he taught them the way by which you are supposed to build wealth. Except that he did not, they did not notice that that was not not how he became rich. The principles of God were still shown in the book. He said, take, keep a bit of your gold aside. Don't eat everything. Invest it. Basically, what we all know as principles of building wealth till today. Save a bit, invest your savings and watch it grow. Then compound in, you know, compounding. When your investment yields, invest the yield of the investment until you start compounding everything and all of that, which sounds very, very nice. But the man who taught him, of course, he learned it from a man that was very rich. All right. So the deal was that he would do something for that man and the man would tell him how to handle money. And the man taught him over years, not, over, not two days, where he was working as a clerk. So the man would come, give him some, um, some tips. We run with that for the next one year. Then the man would come back give him another one. So this was what he did. He followed everything the man told him. And he began to build wealth. And the man would come check his progress every year. And then one day, when the man saw that he was following very well, the man said to him, listen, listen. that's why I'm telling the story. I have sons. These things I have taught you that you have learned, they have refused to learn them. So he said, will you agree to come and work for me? So leave where you are working as a clerk. You come and work for me. So the man felt it was, now listen to this again. He found it was a better opportunity to learn some more. So he went and worked with the man. And when the man died. He willed his estate to him. Did you catch that? How did he make money? He inherited it. If you don't read it well, you will think he earned it. No. He inherited it. Listen, that is how life is. Even if a physical rich man doesn't die and leave something for you, your wealth is still an inheritance. It is God that endows you with it. What he did actually, which what a lot of people miss, is that he just proved faithful in little. And then he was given much to manage. He was faithful in that which belongs to that other man, and then it was given to him as his own. He became richer than the natural hairs of that man. The man settled his sons, but willed the bulk of his business to him. What was the reason? He said, because you be in charge of ten cities. I'm reading scripture for you now. Listen, these are spiritual things. So, the hypothetical story we told about, you lose the deal in, the, in halfway through to the tenth year, that is nine years and a half. The man played the fast one. Instead of settling, you say, go, don't feel bad. Do you know why? The real inheritance is an unseen substance. If indeed, you know those days, there was a church, you know the one I'm talking about, you now you didn't know all these things happening in Nigeria. They were, they were sacking pastors. And some pastors decided to sue. Yes, they did they the lawsuits came out of it. The, how can you sack us? We've invested our in years in this ministry. And I found it very odd. You're a pastor. Why will you sue if you are sacked? I don't, get, no, my own, I don't get it. This is not civil service. You're not working for share producing here. I you getting my point. Yes, sir. It's not civil service. What I'm saying is that it's pastor work. Pastor in Nigeria is the most unregulated business. I think Akara sellers have more regulation than pastors. Yes. Am I lying? Like? Yes, okay, if you don't believe it, go and fry Akara. That's why you know that local government knows you are there. They will give you firewood tax. You'll be surprised. Next day you'll be there, just one local government guy will just come and say, now you the frack for here, you go tear tickets for <laughs> you. You go, this is a joke. But that same, that same guy will not go near a church. You know now, uh, in one day, people they fear God for Nigeria. Pastoral business is the most unregulated business in Nigeria. So they sack you. If you are really called, if you are really called I'm sorry oh, that's what I think if you are really called just go and start just start it doesn't have to even be changed. just go and start do not need to preach it's because you, you your application was to one church civil service that's why you are suing when they fire you you don't have the real inheritance Th- that's the truth i'm sorry oh i am very sorry but that's what i think i mean the same church is sacking people Some people sack themselves from that chair before they start that. They just wake up one day and say, "Come on, Claire, please." I hope you are getting my point here, because that's one that just stuck in my mind for us to study today to realize that we must take, we must get up to go and practice using our gifts, practice being faithful to people that is being a blessing to people, practice being faithful in everything that God has committed into our hands. That is one. That is the primary thing we gain out of the opportunity to do business. Remember, doing business, like I said, is not just ministry is business. And for the purpose of this our discussion, working in civil service, I hope you know it's business too. Working for somebody is business. Working in a private company is business. It's a place where you are making things happen. That's the point I'm making. And it's based upon the depth of faithfulness that you show inside that place that God starts lifting you up to another level. Please, let me emphasize this again to us believers. Never think that what will come out of your life will be a result of your own struggle. Let me give you prophetic words. Listen. It's story, but it's prophetic. David did not know he was going to be a king. Troubles, He didn't know. That morning, listen, all this dream your dream, have your dreams, have ideas. You know what I found out? There's no need. The most successful Christians are actually confused people by, by worldly standards. Let me say that again. The most effective Christians, by worldly standards, they are confused people. They don't have dreams. They don't have plans, serious plans. I've told you before, long-term plan doesn't work for believers. It's just an exercise in futility. It's good to have your brain expand. Be planning long. But let me just tell you ahead of time, it will be frustrated and you should not be worried about it. What am I saying? David will become king. The day before Samuel annoys David, he will not know he was going, he's going to be king. And then, listen, some people will listen and say, hey, Pastor Bank, what are you saying? You, for saying that, in one year, God will bless you so much, you'll be apologizing to me for doubting me today. Whether <laughs> <laughs> I'm not blessing cause, I don't know, but it will happen. <laughs> it will happen. No, it will happen. See, it's not like a prayer. It's going to happen. It will happen. Listen, it is going to happen. Listen, the real... What I want you to understand, look at those people when the master gave them minas. They did not know he was planning to share all cities. They are with those who will be teaching in classrooms. From there, they will go ahead and head big companies. Do you know where David uh, Joseph came from? Prison. So don't think what I'm saying is odd. God knows how he arranges it. Listen, some of the. I've heard testimonies. Some of the greatest promotions you have heard of. You know how they came about? <laughs> because we are streaming the IGs, I can't give. Because you know, there are things that happen. That They're not bad things, just that you don't want to talk about other people's business, especially if you, don't, you didn't talk to them personally ahead of time. But this is what happens. A man goes to maybe a hospital as an example. He meets a doctor. The doctor takes care of him. You understand? The doctor takes good care of him, and he likes the guy. That's how God does things. So he leaves. Then one day, an opportunity opens, and they say, Ah, we have this big multinational thing that wants to bring a branch to Nigeria. Who is a faithful man that we can put in charge and then I remember ah there's this doctor that treated me the other time that guy very honest his organ was so dubious he was the one that saved me from his boss do you understand? just little little things like that you just call him and say are you willing to do this we're training for 3 months it is a bit in line with your profession it's not pure medicine but we have a lot of this this along with it are you willing they are not they, oh by the way your package you're going to be treated at the international rate uh, international rate The guy go scratch <laughs> He goes scratch. He will scratch. I'm telling you the truth. He will scratch. "Let me think about it." He will go home and pray. The Lord, you say, "Arise, kill and eat." He say, "Lord, he will come back. No problem, sir." Next, you see the guy five years later. He's wearing suit, flying from one place to the other, speaking long grammar about how to pursue your dream and focus on your dream. And you looking he say, "If I shoot you, which dream did you pursue?" <laughs> now, when people have succeeded, they tend to forget. Start telling you stupid stories. Just looking at, him, they say, "You, you." No, listen. Plenty abundance has a way of it gets you drunk. If they fly in a private jet all over the world for two, for one month, you come down. They say, "Speak, speak to young people." Say, "Be focused." Before, <laughs> 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 is this set from the cabin? You know, you have been healed. You don't know. You're not thinking straight. This, what I've told you, I can. There are real stories I've heard. That's how they happened. As a matter of fact, you know, the place that God will take you to in life, you can't struggle to get there by yourself. Favor will take you there. That is the way it works. Listen, favor will take you there. Amen. Favor. You know, you know, um, this man, American president Donald Trump, his own private jet. You know, people fly. Gulfstream and all of that. His own is a, is a Boeing. I think it's 727. Is it 727? Or 737? But it's a, it's a jumbo jet. Not the small, small ones. That plane, that time was worth $30 million. He bought it for five. Why? He knew people that were liquidating a company. He just called them up. Guys, I heard you are the ones, pieces in that company. They said yes. I like that plane. And then they offered him for a certain amount of money. He said, the guys, the company is dead. The company is dead. I give you five million (laughs) dollars. Yeah. And they gave it to, they just that's how he got his plane that time. You think people struggle by themselves. Some things you, you hear, you know, I told I was talking to one man once. All right. Those of you have heard the gist. He said that every time he travels, he stays in Hilton hotels and he stays in the suites. And at that time, a suite a night in Abuja was about 200,000 naira. Did you hear what I said? I know if I tell you to sleep, you won't sleep. You must use your 200000 You will roll everywhere. You will, you will use toilet 10 times before morning. You'll continue
1: flushing.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> was speaking. I was like, what? He now said, no, no, I don't, I don't pay that. I said, why don't you pay it? He said, I only pay 30%, 30% of whatever they advertise anywhere in the world. So if I get to a the hotel, they tell me it's $200. I pay them $60. Also the country. If they tell me it is $1,000 for something, I'm paying 300 Why? Oh, let me not bore you with details. Just tell us the story around it, how he got into a particular group. And they have a special package. So he has a particular card. Once he presents it, he automatically gets 70% discount. And then those who are running after him, they will be there sweating. <laughs> after they pay 200000 they can't come home. I'm just going to listen. Where God will take you to in life? Listen to this. There's one that God told Israel. He said you will live in houses you did not build. And that thing is literal and figurative. This is what I pray for a lot of young Christians. You will run companies you did not build. I hope you know. You know Dangote has been struggling for some time now building Dangote Refinery. I hope you know the person that will be the MD did not invest any money. Yeah, the person will be the MD. It's not, it's not one of the investors. They won't say, okay, because I'm an investor, be the managing director. They're, by now, of course, the party will advertise now. Interviewing people. Interviewing people. And I can assure you of one thing. At the end of the day, it is not the most qualified that will get the job. Somebody will just look at somebody and say, This guy, I know him, he will do well. And they just tell the big boss. I one says, say, I'm not sure who I can put. say. Look, put this man. I know him. I've dealt with him before. We met somewhere in Brazil the other time. He's a fantastic guy. And they'll just take that fellow's word for him and appoint him. One of the things we must learn as believers is how to wait for God. Waiting for God is not patiently, God, do not forget me. No, that's not waiting for God. That's not how to wait for God. That is how to be frustrated with God. Sitting in one the place God, don't forget me, you will be frustrated. You will feel forgotten. You know those who wait for God? They are busy. His coming is an interruption of what they are doing. I don't know what I hear what I said. When God shows up to lift people up, He will be disturbing them. They won't be asleep like God, though. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, the Lord is going to come and lift me up. No. They probably have not prayed about promotion for the last two years. They will be busy. They just get a phone call. Please, we need to see you. Please, oh God wants to see you. Please, can you come over for something? And that's it. Their lives just changed. That is, they will leave something half done. It is the people who are busy being faithful that God lifts, not those who are busy praying and waiting for Him to come. It's like the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are waiting for Him, sitting down and doing nothing, they are the ones that won't notice when He comes. Yes, they are too focused. The people that, would, that listen, the, when he comes, the people must be busy doing what he asked them to do. Not busy sitting at the door waiting for him to come. They will be busy, the preparation for the Lord's coming. You must understand. It's not the normal dressing up like, uh, let me wear my clothes while going somewhere. God's own preparation is righteousness, faithfulness. That is what he calls preparation. So when he comes, the fellow is busy. When it comes, that, that's what I mean by interruption. That is, you have a plan for that week. What we are going to do that week, on Monday, his life will change. So, how are we busy waiting for God? Or how do we wait for God? It is busy doing the assignment of today. Remember what I preached? Was it last week, Tuesday? What I call the, 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 I think I said the, what's the title now? Something about patience. The walking of patience. I first called it the force of patience, but I think I'm actually tied to the walking of patience. I explained something there, that real patience is not I'm waiting for something to happen. Real patience that I'm busy with what I have been given. Whether something happens or it doesn't happen, I will continue doing what I am doing forever, even if I die in the process. Those are the people that God lifts up. Let me end the message here. We still have a few things to do this evening. But let me just remind us, everybody, you need the opportunity to be faithful. You need the opportunity to be faithful in this life. Everybody, you need the opportunity. And anytime God gives it to you, please practice faithfulness like your life depends on it. Practice faithfulness. You know, I was saying something like like a joke earlier, that listen, in this life, I was saying something about those who want to disgrace God, that they will be exposed, and that there's a way people will be exposed, you know. You'll be saying, God, thank God it was not me. Now, just imagine that you are being watched constantly like that, because actually you are being watched. It is not that like when your boss is approaching, you can't rush to do something, so that he will not say. The real boss, is already saying, the real boss, you can't hide from his presence. David said, where can I hide from your presence? Say so where can I go from your presence? If I go to the bottom of the, the mountains, and what he was talking about is inside the ocean, doesn't mean on the plain. That is the root of the mountains is the bottom of the ocean. He so said you are there. That's what I'm talking about. Faithfulness, practice that, and not practice that when I do it for five years, then God will now do something. No. Say so this is my life. Listen, Jesus said something. Those who want to find their lives, what happens? They will lose it. Let me say it to you again. Christians who are doing what is right because somebody said do it and then God will do something, they won't get anything. Those who are giving so that God will multiply, will go, they are not going to get anything. Those who God multiplies, read what Paul said in that second Corinthians chapter nine. He said he multiplies what? Seed for who? For the sower. And then bread for food and increase what? The harvest of your righteousness. What does that mean? That is, anytime God multiplies for you, it is because you are a constant sower. Not somebody who is sowing so he can get. I don't know whether you're getting my point. So when he multiplies, it's so that you can what? Sow. He multiplies what? Seed. What am I going to say? We can't use God. You can't go and learn some principles and you are not manipulate God. No. You can only serve God. You can't use him. You can only serve him, you can't use him. What does it mean to use? You do it for some time, you reap the reward and move. What does it mean to serve? You are committed to it all the days of your life. A man like Joseph, he was born a servant. I hope you know he died a servant. When I say born a servant now, when he got to the house of Potiphar, he was serving. In his father's house, he was running errands. And you know what? We can look at it as if one he began to enjoy. Lie, lie, it didn't happen. From serving his father, he served Pharaoh, He served in prison. Then he entered into the ultimate service. He served the people of Egypt, Pharaoh, and the nation of Israel all the days of his life. Because of his administration, Egypt prospered. Because of his administration, Egypt prospered. Pharaoh became very rich. His father's household was preserved. That is service. It was not as if one day he was not lifted. I said at the beginning, we need to get our minds correct. Don't ever think of Joseph, and then one day he entered the palace. Then he now sat down. Huh, now I'm the king. No. As soon as Joseph entered the palace, his, his heaviest duties in life, for which he was prepared for all those years, started. I dare to say the man slept, the best sleep of his life was while he was in prison. As soon as they enter that palace, on easy, lies the head That's wearing Pharaoh's crown. <laughs> this is to by one of our head of state that time. When you hear something, you don't want to be head of state. So he used to sleep three hours a day. Three hours a day, yeah. And then those who worked for him, that's how they suffered. Do you know why? Because they said that if for any reason he calls you at 2 a.m., he expects to see you by 2.30. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If he calls you by 2 a.m., you are in Astor by 2.30. So, of course, you can't... You know, there's nothing like I want to sleep. You put off your phone. Eh? <laughs> there are things you don't... You, don't, you, 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 you can't do it. You're working for the president. No. In fact, you buy a phone that is the only one that can go. You keep that one all the time. Once he rings, don't even check who is that. Once he rings, first... that one, When you want to sleep, put it on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> I just ring and vibrate just in case. <laughs> so, those who worked for him, they were like that. Too. They said, I, I heard three of them being interviewed once. They said, Oh, okay, uh, God, you can call me any time. Like if an idea comes up, they're discussing something. say, Who's in charge of that? They mention your name. He won't discuss with you on the phone. You just call him. And he, you can't talk because he has been in a meeting all evening. They call you at 3 a.m., you show up at 3.30 because you're living not too far away from Master some people, are there admiring, say these people. Hey, look at this man, he's flying, always flying business class. Hey, God, one day. The man is looking at this, hey, this man sleeps in his own bed now, wow. Ravi Zacharias wished he could sleep in his own bed. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. What right, is some of what was said today? Listen, God will lift us up at the right time. Amen. Why do Christians do business so that they can exercise their faithfulness? That's the point we are making. Let's bow down our heads. Let's thank God for the opportunity to be faithful. Opportunity to be
1: faithful. Let's continue to pray. First, you know, after messages like this, there are people that would want to repent. You have the opportunity to do that now and say, Lord, thank you for sending instruction to me. I repent in this area. You can begin to mention those areas where you have not been faithful, maybe because it's not your business or you've been treated by your reasoning, you've been treated poorly there. If there's somebody that needs to repent, let's just go ahead and do that this evening. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. In this area, I have not done what I should do. I have not done what I should do. Have mercy on me. I repent. I take correction. I receive grace to do what I'm supposed to do. Open your mouth and pray. We wow, about two, three minutes to uh, pray this prayer. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I receive grace to be faithful in the name of Jesus. I receive grace to sow that seed of faithfulness. I receive grace to do that that you have put in my hands, whether it's my business or somebody's. I receive grace to be, you know, instant in season and out of season. Pray, pray. Pray. Say that I receive grace. I receive grace. I just feel there's somebody that needs to repent. You know, you, you can still go ahead and ask for mercy and say, Lord, I ask for mercy in this area. Please forgive me. I've received correction. I now know what to do. I now know what to do. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Give me grace. Give me grace to do, Lord, the instructions that you have sent my way this evening. Father, we give you praise. Thank you again for instructing us in righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for rebuking us. Thank you, Lord, for correcting us. Be glorified forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.